me a mission, I got demons to slay. Communication made you talk in this way. Anxious world, what's going on, everybody? I thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Anxiety About Anxiety podcast. I am your host, Keith. I'm so excited to be back, man. This is my life's work right here. This podcast and moving mental health forward. I love what I do. I really, really, man, this is my passion. So uh, we're going to keep doing this and keep on, you know, like I always say, man, and I know I'm not like I'm, I keep on repeating myself all the time. It's, it's just about having people open up, being vulnerable, sharing their feelings, sharing their experiences, because you never know who you may help help out there in the world. There's so many people, you know, who tune in, you know, who who email me and let me know, hey, I, I, I listened to one of your episodes and, you know, it helped me out tremendously. Um, I feel the same way. You know, but I was never, ever able to talk about it. But just hearing your podcast, you know, it give me the confidence to, you know, open up with some family members and some friends and, you know, go get some help, you know, and tell people how I've been feeling. So I, I believe the podcast is doing its work, is doing what it's supposed to do, is it's serving its purpose. So, you know, as the host and the creator of the podcast, man, I am so, you know, blessed to be able to, you know, do this. And um, I call it my life's mission, man. And um, I'm going to keep moving it forward and keep going, you know, keep keep on just telling people, let's talk about our problems. Let's uh, let's be a voice for mental health, and mental health awareness and and everything, man. And um, just try to be a better person every day. That's my goal in life. Like I say, I'm not cured by any means, um, but I'm working on it. I'm working on my mental health. And my journey and my story and to see where I can go at in life. But, uh, yep, the Anxiety About Anxiety podcast is an open door for anybody out there that's struggling with any type of mental health disorder. It's not, it, it doesn't only have to be anxiety. It can be depression, ADHD, PTSD, manic depression, whatever you may be going through. And you just want to you just want to shed some light on your story in hopes of helping somebody out there in the world. This podcast is for you. It is a I have an open door policy. Anybody's anybody can come on this podcast and talk about what they've been through. And you never know. It's somebody out there that you know may hear this and it may help them out. That's the goal. So with that being said, um on this episode, I will bring the story of Jessica Hannah. And um She's basically going to talk about, you know, dealing with depression, anxiety and ADHD and how they, you know, they both interact with one another throughout, you know, her, uh, you know, how they both interact throughout her life. And, um, you know, she's going to touch on being suicidal at one point in her life and um, how basically the reason she stayed alive was um, some feral cats outside of her house. I believe that, you know, they saved her life. You know, she had to take care of those cats. And, you know, they saved a life and, you know, you never know what, you know, when you're going through a trying time and, you know, and you're in a deep, dark place, you know, you never know what might, you know, keep you honestly keep you around. You know, you never you never know what it may be. But, you know, um, as, as long as you can recognize what you're going through and, you know, you can go get help and you could you could talk to somebody and you can get yourself better. That's the main goal. And um, 
yeah, so yeah, Jessica Hanna, man, she gonna she gonna share her story. Um, she also is a fellow podcaster, and uh, the name of her podcast, and I hope I don't get it wrong, is Deconstructing Dam Damsels, D A M S E L S. I hope I said that right, but I will definitely put it in the description so you guys can go check out her podcast. But uh, thank you, Jessica, for being a voice for mental health awareness. I really, really appreciate it. Um, the title of her story is going to be Coexisting with an Anger and Anxiety. Coexisting with Anger and, and, and Anxiety. I cannot talk today. Dang. But yeah, um, I can uh, really, really relate to that. I be angry, angry sometimes and my anxiety flares up. But um, like I always said, if there's anybody there, anybody out there that want to share their story, um, please please email the podcast at anxietyaboutanxiety at gmail.com. Um, I will definitely get your story out in a timely manner. Um, I have several stories, you know, that I'm still, you know, putting out. So, but I'll definitely get it out in a timely manner. I promise you I will. Um, continue to follow me on Facebook at Anxiety About Anxiety. Instagram, Anxiety About Anxiety. Um, I'm hoping to get a Twitter Sooner or later, I've been saying that for the longest, but I'm really going to do it. Um, I'm actually, I got a website, but I'm actually going back to work on it. That should be ready shortly. But yeah, just follow me on that, man. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, you know, please, you know, download the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. But yeah, um, I'll be back next week with another story. But until then... Jessica Hanna, coexisting with anger and anxiety. You all enjoy. Stay blessed. Stay safe out there, everybody, okay? Talk to you next week. So what does mental health mean to me? And what does mental illness mean and disability? And how does it interact with my life? Okay, so first, I'm Jessica Hanna, and I run Deconstructing Damsels podcast. And I mention that because... My depression and anxiety and ADHD all kind of go against each other. And they're always like, da 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 right? So if I'm anxious, then it's a problem because it means my ADHD is going to go off the roof charts bad. If I'm depressed, my anxiety is going to make it to where I feel like a failure when I don't get out my podcast on time or if something is wrong if I'm on my ADHD land and my anxiety is through the roof, it means I can't concentrate. So who can write notes, record, do any of that? I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder in 2000 and I think it was like 2015. Um, I'd had depression all my life since then, but I finally got an official diagnosis when I went to get help because I was suicidal. Like, I was actually looking up ways to kill myself, and that wasn't me. I knew something was wrong. I went to my doctor. I said, help. He sent me directly to the to the, a local clinic because it was a sliding scale because I didn't have any insurance. I had no way of paying for it. It was really bad. I was living in the U.S. at the time, and I just I felt so completely inside myself and I was so afraid and not even the love of my now husband could keep me there literally the only thing keeping me alive was the fact that I had to take care of some feral cats outside
I mean, without those cats, I would be dead. Like, just flat out. Nothing else was keeping me here. It, it was by the saving grace that I was able to help and get what I needed out of life. Um, originally, I should actually back that up a little bit. Because originally, I had told my doctor, or not my doctor, my professor at the time. I, it must have been 2014. I told my professor that I was suicidal. And she sent me to the school to the school and the school was like okay you must be this and I don't remember what the diagnosis was but it wasn't the right one and so I was like no that doesn't sound like me so then when I went to the other doctor we we found out more and it was a complicated couple of months and then along the way I realized I have like deep deep anxiety I have fear of being wrong and I don't mean like wrong about a fact on the internet I mean like wrong like my whole world could be wrong because I got the wrong information or I didn't do something right you know my anxiety gets really high and it doesn't present as someone shaking and quaking my anxiety is mean I get angry and I get cruel and I don't mean to be but it's like my brain does not process things in a very positive manner that makes sense so I have to kind of stop and I'll say something cruel and I'll say something unkind and that's not me. And I, I feel even more anxious afterwards because I know I did something wrong. And it is, it's a cycle that keeps going. And that actually feeds into my ADHD because I hyper-focus. I don't bounce across the room. I don't do any of that. But when I'm into something, I'm into something, which is why I start all these projects and never finish them. I have several short stories I would love to finish because I actually think they're really good. And I'm saying this not as, huh, I'm so special, but because I, I believe in the stories and what they say and what they're for. But I can't do it. I just, I don't have that follow through. And I don't have any medication for my ADHD. I haven't formally been diagnosed, but I was reading a book called A Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole. And I talked about this a little bit on, on the podcast, but it was after reading that and talking about it, I was like, well, wait, this sounds familiar. And then I have um, the rejection disorder. So if I'm afraid of, of being rejected, so I don't, I don't take things like as a quick, you know, fix. I'm, I'm always afraid of doing something wrong, like big wrong, not little wrong. Again, big wrong, like catastrophe level wrong. And it creates this whole anxious mess. And I don't really know how to, to fix it in that moment. I have to like walk away and come back later and explain what's going on. And in the meantime, that makes it worse. <laughs> because it cycles back through, right? The cycling through is the worst part. I can't fix it. I can't do anything. And earlier this year in April, I had a miscarriage. I, I desperately wanted the child. I was two months along, and I found out I was miscarrying the day before my one-month anniversary. It, it was a sock, and it was a blow, and I could feel the depression. Oh, man, the depression was coming back. So I had to fight to, to get my dog. Um, she's not an emotional support dog or anything, but I knew I needed something that was going to force me to leave the house. Otherwise, I was going to become, you know, afraid to leave, afraid to live, to leave my world, to leave my mental space. And I was afraid of that because I know what happened last time, last time I became suicidal. And I was just like, okay, this is not a good thing. So my husband and I fought, we got my dog. Penny has been such a good help on my mental health because 
It doesn't matter what I'm feeling. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Penny makes it to where I have to be, I had to put forth an effort. It's the same thing where I'm trying to do that with my podcast. You know, I have to do the effort because I put it out there. I'm the only one producing it. I'm the only one doing any of that. So it's up to me. And sometimes it works and sometimes I just get overwhelmed again. You know, it's, it's a key to having my depression and my anxiety. When I get overwhelmed, I shut down. I don't know how to process it because my brain just, it fries itself. It's kind of like when you get a laptop and you throw it in the water. Yeah, it's a lot like that. You, you're just like, oh, well, that can't work anymore. And that's how my brain feels for a while until I can kind of reset it and make it work. But I'm okay with that. You know, like I'm I'm good with that because what I do is I have to take responsibility. I can't take medication. I, I can't take any depression medicine or any anxiety medicine. I did that uh, a couple times and the first medicine I took, I ended up sleeping for 24 hours and that almost put me back in the hospital because I'm a diabetic as well. So I have to take my medicine. I was literally sleeping for 24 hours straight just to try and, and get through it because the medicine was so heavy. And I tried a couple more and it was, you know, I bruxed on the other one and it was, it was a whole thing. So I, I couldn't handle it. And my body has very sensitive medications anyway. You know, I can take an aspirin and I'm out for like 12 hours, right? I have to make sure I have the time to handle it. And life nowadays just doesn't allow it. So I have to handle it on my own. I have to find ways like getting my dog Penny or, you know, watching movies. I, I watch a ton of rescue animals on YouTube when I'm feeling anxious or when I'm feeling scared or, you know, I, I have to find that solution to the problem because traditional solutions don't work. Ultimately, my mental landscape, my mental well-being affects everything around me from relationships with my family members and jobs to anything else. If I'm feeling anxious, when I was anxious at work, I would get so frazzled and I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to be someone that was cool, calm, collected. Yeah, no, that was never happening. Sorry. So I had to learn how to vent and let it out. And people didn't understand I was not angry I was anxious and there's such a difference but they present very similarly and so along the way I found you know reading that's why I read so much reading is my escape route it's been like that since I was a child it, it makes the world safer for me somehow you know I watch the YouTube videos or I'll watch or I'll watch you know a movie or something like after the after the anxiety and the depression and the scaredness and the overwhelming reality of the miscarriage, I watched Birds of Prey, the movie, and I felt so much better because here were women and I felt seen. It wasn't even my, my problem, but I felt seen and the anxiety and the depression kind of melted a little bit because here were women facing very real problems. Again, not my problems, but it, it was a space for me to be where I wanted to be, right? So I found I have to turn my brain off on one thing and turn on something else to get my anxiety to, to lower to a more tolerable level for, for a solution to come out of the, the conflict or whatever's going on. 
you know, I shut down really easy. I don't mean to, but it's the only way I can function sometimes. And I'll, you know, say something and I'll go to the bedroom and I'll shut the door and I'll kind of like take that time because I know if I don't, I'm going to say something I don't mean. And it's not out of anger or resentment or anything. It's just fear. Fear is the motivating factor for most of my anxiety. Whether it's rejection, it's fear of the unknown, fear of, you know, now being an immigrant and having to maybe go back home because who knows what's going on in the political landscape in the world. There's a lot of fear and, and anxiety is like running on that lowercase fear. And then you get to depression because, well, what if you have to go home even though you're not going to because things are not turning out the way you need them to. It's, it's, everything is this whole little world. And as someone who is an older millennial, I wish that maybe when I was growing up, there had been more conversations about mental health. I think that, you know, Gen Z, Zoomers, whatever we're calling the generations right now, they have a lot more going for them. And the fact that openness is available, like social media, Things like Twitter, Facebook, you know, Instagram, what is it, TikTok, like whatever's going on, you can find some way to have a communication. Like back in the, the mid-90s, we maybe had a bulletin board or a mailing list if we were lucky, but it just, it feels like I can learn something from watching those around me. And I'm watching how people are handling their anxiety and their communications and they're speaking about it openly. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm not alone, right? And so that also takes that, that anxiety and that depression and that, that ADHD and it's like, oh, you, you just, you breathe. And that's how I'm handling it right now. I'm looking for spaces where I feel like I can be heard, but also where I can listen. Because listening is what tells me what maybe what I'm missing out on, on something else. And the ADHD has caused me to put things aside, but more than that, like the depression has cost me probably almost a year out of the two years that I've been on, on putting out content, which cost me listeners, it cost me communication it costs me a lot because people can't depend on me to be reliable which ratchets up the anxiety again but it's a very serious thing and I don't think necessarily people are aware of how serious it is I think mental health is something that I'm going to struggle with for the rest of my life but honestly as much as it can suck sometimes I wouldn't change it because ultimately all that chaos in my head is still part of me and I, I wouldn't want to change part of me because I like who I am even though I don't always like the actions I take. So my mental health kind of balances itself back out that way in understanding and accepting who I am. Acceptance of who and, and the person I am is the only thing that's going to help me. And I want other people to 
accept themselves and sometimes the struggles we go through because who you are is important. You are not defined by a disorder. You are not defined by a non-neurotypical reaction or a response or anything like that. You are defined by how you define yourself. Just remember that when the world gets a little bit misshapen. And know that if you need to talk to somebody, nowadays there's an endless supply. If you have to, I'm here, right? You can find me at Damsel's Podcast anytime. I mean, I I get it. Sometimes you need a stranger to talk to because your stranger will tell you the truth. And by the way, you're not an imposter and you're not being rejected. So just remember that too. Hopefully your day will get better. Mine too.